Welcome to episode 21 of the Rapu and Deeks Friday Fix, coming to you this week on Friday the 26th of April 2019. But of course, for those of you who listened last week, there's no Rapu today as he's away on holiday and at a time when there's been so much happening on the local footy scene too. Bad timing, Rapu. What it does mean, there's no bet of the week or predictions... I'll leave that until Rappo's return, but on the good side, there's more time for interviews. Your so let's kick off those interviews with Step 2 National League South Football. Of course, it may not be Step 2 for much longer as Truro face a crucial game on Saturday, knowing that they need to win, something they haven't done for a while. Whilst to save them, they have to hope already relegated East Thurrock beat Hungerford, and that'll mean Truro stay up and Hungerford go down. So it's time for our regular chat the lads from the TCFC Updates Twitter account, Josh and Cam. And although painful, let's recap on last weekend, starting with the Saturday defeat at home to Gloucester. Where do I start? Um, Gloucester at home last Saturday, I guess, uh, we need to touch on first. A a 2-1 defeat. And is it playing at home or something? But Truro really seem to struggle at Truro Road these days, don't they, Cam? Yeah, they do. Um, I don't know what to say, really, about Truro's home record, really, but... um... I know they always complain about the pitch, no matter who the manager is, no matter who the players are, they've always complained about the pitch. So um, maybe that's the reason, but it's just not been good enough, if I'm brutally honest with you, Dave. They um, they didn't play that badly um, against Gloucester, ironically, um, even though some of the, the Concord performance was awful. But um, the Gloucester one, I didn't think we did that badly. It was just uh, luck wasn't on our side, really. And it was a stunning goal from Robert. And uh, we just didn't really um, bounce back from that. And it was a disappointing defeat. Yeah, but Josh, you're, I, I understand you tell me you're a central midfield player. Um, we don't, we, it's a slow build-up, though, isn't it, that we seem to have got. Uh, you know, we're struggling to, to win games. We need the points. We didn't look that sort of, you know, hyped up as such. Yeah, I mean, um, we had a few good spells where we played it from, like, between the centre-backs, left-back, right-back. And then most games, especially away from home, we just seem to skip out the midfield entirely and just try and hit our strikers. Mm. I mean, that's been the case with Lewington and now, obviously, Brandon Dial, is that? Dial? I don't know how you pronounce it. Yeah. But he's six. It's just been, been the case since he's come in. Now we've just tried to lump the ball up to him 50 yards, 60 yards or so and try and find his head and then hope we get knocked down and get a goal from it. So, a crucial defeat anyway against Gloucester. And then we go to Hampton and Richmond on Easter Monday. Uh, we left it late to get a two-all draw, which on paper was a good result, wasn't it? But results elsewhere didn't go for us. Yeah, as you say, on paper, a two-all draw at Hampton is a pretty good result. But 
we went we went there celebrating Jamie Rich's goal at the end, and about twenty seconds twenty seconds later, the news came through that Hungford have just scored against Torquay. <laughs> and you think it couldn't get any worse than that? It was an ex Truro player who scored against Torquay. It's like... Lewis Lewis Lee Gilchrist, who was on loan first for about two or three months. And he scored the winner against Hungerford. So, yeah. There's been some really weird results, though, haven't there, uh, recently? Eastbourne wins 6-0 against Dartford. And then on Monday, um, East Thurrock beat Welling 4-1. I know East Thurrock are relegated now anyway. But but it's those end-of-season results that seem to be even weirder. And who would have said, Cam, who would have put money on Hungerford actually winning at Torquay? Well, I don't think anyone would have, if we're all honest, Dave. But um, it's just a weird scenario, isn't it? A- some people saying old Torquay weren't bothered. They've won the league already. They were just uh, going out just to pick up the trophy at five o'clock or whenever it was. But um, you can't, as I've said to everyone before, he's moaning on about Torquay losing and everything. As Truro supporters and fans, we've just got to look at it and think we shouldn't have to rely on other teams, really. Uh, we've got ourselves in this predicament and we've got to sort of get ourselves out of it. And um, Although, ironically saying we can't rely on other teams, we've got to rely on Hungerford and East Farrakhan uh, Saturday and hope that uh, well Farrakh can do us a favour. Yeah, I mean I, I don't think Torquay players would have wanted to lose in front of five thousand crowd. No, no, not, not at all. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying when people are saying it. I think it's just maybe they a bit uh, complacent, thinking oh they're near the bottom of the league. We've champions by a mile. We're going to win it pretty easily because they dominated the game. Um, what I've seen of like um, on Twitter and everything, it looked like they dominated the game from start to finish. So. Obviously, it's a shame for us, but um, it's just one of those things, isn't it? And so, Josh, Cam's already touched on it. Uh, we go into Saturday's game against uh, at home to Slough Town, and we truly need to win, but Hungerford need to lose uh, for us to stay up, don't they? Yeah, I can't. I can't see that happen, to be honest. Um, I'm glad not, you not said hun- that. Actually, not- I'm glad you said that because you're always wrong with your predictions. So. <laughs> Hopefully it won't come true and we'll stay up. Yeah, I mean, are, are you seriously thinking that, you know, that there's no way that Truro can survive this one? I mean, it's it's a tall order, isn't it? Yeah, there's there's always a chance, but it's a really slim chance. I've got a few stats about it. Um, one's a good stat, one's a bad stat. We'll go with a good one first. Um, we beat Slough away from home on a Tuesday night. Um Dan Rooney scored two in a 2-1 victory. And East Thurrock beat Hungerford 2-1 on Saturday, the 20th of October. So, if those results repeat themselves, then we'll be able to stay up. Right. However, this is the bad part we're getting to now. (laughs) Truro haven't won a game since 16th of February. And Slough haven't lost since February the 23rd. We've got the worst form in the league, like 22nd in the league. And Slough have the best form in the league. And actually, be, I mean, if, it's going to be tough to get a result on Saturday. Yeah, and it's going to be a, an absolute miracle if Slough do it. But technically, mathematically, they could actually still end up in the playoff places at the moment, couldn't they? So, uh, yeah, I think they're, I think they're in eleven. Yeah, three points beyond Billericay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, that, that would be a, an absolute miracle. But, um, but uh, so Cam, you know, give us some. Give us some cheer before we finish this uh, interview. What what can we expect on on Saturday? Can we get, expect much of a crowd? Um, I'd say if we had a one on Monday, I think perhaps. But the fact that it's going into the game and we have to win and hunger have to lose, I can't imagine. 
I know there was what was it six hundred and something the other six, six eight six, four six, yeah against four, um, yeah. Gloucester. But obviously, they brought a fair few down. I don't. I can't imagine Slough are going to bring too many down. Um, uh, either way, so I don't know, four hundred maybe five hundred if we're lucky. So I think you take that. Um, and then we've just got to, mm. as you said, just want to find that all important. Uh, victory and see where that takes us. We've got to focus on ourselves, not Hungerford. You've got to forget about that. And I sound like a manager here, but you literally do. You just got to, you just got to focus on ourselves and see what happens. And hopefully, fingers crossed, East Forest can do us a favour. I'm not going to put you on the spot this week and ask for a prediction because uh, we desperately need Truro to win. So uh, that's all we've well, got I'll, to pray for. I'll give you a prediction really? anyway. I'm just going to say two-one Truro, Dave. I'm going to come out and say two-one Truro. What about East Forest Hungerford? Oh, yeah. What's the result of that um, one going to be? 2 1 East Forest. <laughs> well, actually, your prediction will stay yeah. up then. I'm, I'm yeah. an optimist, yeah. 100%. All right, then, Josh. Seeing Cam's said that, <laughs> Josh, what, what do you reckon is going to happen? What's going to happen at Hungerford? I think I think we're going to beat Slough 2 um, 1. We're going to scrape it. And I reckon our game will have finished. <laughs> and then East, East Forest will score. 90th minute equaliser against Hungerford. And that'll be the result, a draw up there, Hungerford. Yeah, yeah, one all. Another twist in the story. Yeah, Truro will win, and win in style, perhaps, hopefully. I, I wouldn't go that and, far, uh, yeah, not, not in style. but Well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to paint right, a yeah. good picture here. <laughs> um, and Hungerford will just scrape through with a goal towards the very end, and that'll kill all our, all our hopes for the next season. Anyway, thanks for... Um, for that, um, we will be talking next week. Have a bit of a, a roundup of uh, what happens Saturday, and also um, uh, your thoughts on the season as a whole, perhaps. So, um, so be prepared for that. For the moment, Cheers thanks very much. Your Cornish soccer podcast. Yes, it's all about Saturday and whether Truro stay up or not. Now then, let's go back again to last weekend, and in particular Easter Monday and the RGB Cornwall Senior Cup final. Extended highlights are on YouTube with Piran Films and take a look at the two yellow cards for Saltash United's Richard Madison. Deserved or unlucky? St Austell Reserves Manager Mark Smith was at the game and before you hear from him about the East Cornwall Premier League Cup final coming up on Sunday, I thought as Mark's a knowledgeable sort of guy and a neutral, I'd ask him what he thought of the Senior Cup final. Um, Do you know what? I thought it was a classic cup final, a local cup final in that... It was it was a little bit nervy for both teams at times. I, I don't think the pitch helped that too much either. Um, I, I thought there was you know quite a lot of, of technical errors in the game, um, which you know again might be down to partly the um, the, the pitch and partly a, a, a few nerves creeping in. Um, but yeah, you know, good spectacle. I, I thought um, you know Falmouth defended really really well and, and had a clear uh, game plan on on the counter, which which was effective obviously given they got the result. Soltash um, front two are, are a decent pair, and that was a good battle against um, Cooper and, and Ward for Falmouth. So that was kind of for me where, where the game was won and lost, really. In that, um, you know, Cooper and Ward dealt, dealt quite well with um, with with the threat of, of uh, Hughes and, and Richards, and um, that was kind of where, where the game lied, really. But um, I, the, the referee got a lot of stick on Twitter after, after the game, but. I actually thought that that he made made a lot of the big decisions. I thought I thought he got them right. I, the, the handball in in my head, I, I would just think be thinking that's that's a poor decision from the player to do that. That that was my take on it. Mm. 
you know, I, I know he doesn't have the best reputation, Sean Edge, and I, I kind of raised some eyebrows when, when I first saw the appointment. But I, I thought he got a lot of the big calls right, actually. Um, you know, that might be a bit of a controversial opinion. <laughs> kind of, kind of how I saw it, really. But um, yeah, good, good, a good spectacle to watch and um, contrasting in styles, which is always good, good to watch um, at that level. So yeah, enjoyed it. Good. Mm, interesting. Uh, I was going to ask you about the uh, the red card. Uh... Uh, well, the, the second yellow as such. Um, uh, and his first yellow, I think, was pretty close to where you were standing, wasn't it? Oh, right, yeah, right in front of it, literally. Um, again, another another poor decision from the player, I thought, to dive in like that. He didn't really need to where, where he did. Uh, you know, the, the ball was already cleared. I think, you know, he just left his foot in a little bit. So, yeah, that one was, was a definite yellow card. But... Um, yeah, red, I, I do. I do think that, that both of them warranted a yellow from where I was, but you know, I wasn't. I was up in the grandstand from the second half because it was a little bit too windy and cold to stay over the other side. <laughs> Your Cornish So, correct yellow cards for Mark Smith, the neutral manager. Now we heard from the two senior cup final managers last week in the build-up to the Easter Monday match, and so I thought it would be handy to get a post-match feel of how the game went from the two captains. Firstly, the day after, I called up with Salt Ashes skipper Ryan Richards and asked him how he and his teammates felt. As a team, um, we sat in the changing rooms after the game and for about 15 minutes, 10-15 minutes, nothing was said. As a team, we were absolutely gutted. Um, personally, we felt on the day, the better team lost. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, decisions went against us. Um, which I think changed the game. I think we were on top um, with 11 men and even more so with 10 men. Um, Falmouth are a very, very good team, don't get me wrong, but I think over the co- over the, the course of the 90 minutes, I think we had the more chances and unfortunately they took the two chances that they had and they come out on top. You had a great start, didn't you? I mean, you couldn't have had a better start scoring after three minutes and it was yourself uh, who put it in the back of the net. But for some reason, uh, sloppy defending at the corner, really, wasn't it? And and your bats all square one all. So I bet you couldn't believe two goals in the six minutes was going to be an, a Man City Spurs game. No, tell me about it. And <laughs> to be fair, sometimes scoring that early, it it's always scoring that early. But sometimes it's a bit of a shock to the system. And like people say, once you once you you score quick, you're quite vulnerable. Yeah. And that proved costly. Obviously, there, Captain Joe. What a finish. <laughs> yeah, you would have been have proud to, of that have, one. <laughs> yeah, I have to give it to it. I have to give it to the lad. Um, obviously, as a centre half, I think we expected him to go and attack the ball. Yeah, um, but he hung out on the edge of the box, and what a great half volley! Couldn't really do much about it, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Ryan Rickard in goal stood no chance. I think he put it the only position in that goal he probably could have, <laughs> and it, it, it flew in there. But yeah, it was a it was a quick quick start to the game. We started well, I think. In the first half, we had a couple of half chances. Um, unfortunately, we didn't we didn't take any more than the one we got. They had a game plan, didn't they? Really, in sitting back and, and soaking up the pressure. And uh, for some reason, you guys didn't quite uh, you weren't quite able to break through, were you? No, we we were a little bit shocked out how Falmouth actually um, set up. Really, um, we didn't expect me and Sam as as a a straight force, didn't expect to get the time on the ball that we got. Mm. Um, a lot of time the ball was coming into us, we was able to bring it down, turn and get at the defence. 
um, which was a bit of a shock, really, because I think every time I play Falmouth, it tends to be sort of defenders are right up here, not giving you any time on the ball. One touch, you have to get it away. Whereas yesterday, it was sort of one touch, and it was a case of, oh, hang on a minute, I've still got a second touch and a third touch and a fourth touch. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It gave us quite a, quite a few options. I can't. Uh, we can't finish this conversation without talking about the the red the, the sending off. Uh, I mean, without uh, obviously talking too much about the ref, was it a, a, a fair decision? A second yellow for handball or not? I I was I think personally, I was in a, a better position to see that from what the ref was. Um, I was five yards away. The ref was a little bit further. I think if he if the ref gives what he should have given which was a push in the back, I don't think the handball occurs. Mm. Unfortunately, I think it was a case of the the push in the backs happened. I think uh, Richard Madison, he, he sort of, he's gone up to, with his hands to sort of appeal the decision, mm-hmm. hit the ball with his hands. I think it was very, very harsh. The laws of the game is a deliberate handball. But if the referee gets the decision right in the first place, unfortunately, the sending off don't happen. Mm. Well, initially, I thought it was for a foul. Um, and then Glenn Hooper, who was alongside me, uh, uh, s- suggested it was for handball. So uh, uh, it was an interesting one. Do, do you think it changed the, the, the... Do you think the result would have been any different if Richard had stayed on? Personally, I think we were we were on top. <laughs> we were on top a lot of the time for the first half, I think. They had a couple of half chances in the first half. But all round, I think we were on top of the game. I think we come out, we had a quick start for the first couple of minutes of the second half. Um, was on the ball playing playing good football. I think the sec- I think the, the decision did change the game personally. Mm. But as a team, we held our own. We we did more than enough to win the game. We had a couple of half chances before Falmouth nicked it um, with a header at the end of the game. We had enough half chances to try and nick a goal ourselves. Just unfortunately, it didn't happen on the day. And probably a poor goal to give away, wouldn't it? Really, you would have loved to have been at the far post, totally unmarked, wouldn't you? And, and yeah, you know. I have, I have seen, I've seen a couple, of, um, I've seen, I've seen a couple of videos um, that showed the second goal. Um, obviously, we have certain players marking certain players of theirs, mm. and from what I've seen, Matey's got a free header at the back post. Mm. Um, I've looked back at the, I've looked back at the video, and for some reason, uh, the lad that was meant to be marking. Um, meant to be Mike and James he um, was on the floor well I saw um, that yeah because at the time there was a couple of players appealing for something and then uh, likewise I've watched back the video c- a couple of times and, and Chris Menhenik I think was the man on the, on the ground and uh, how he got there I'm not sure he but... was <laughs> he was he was the lad that was meant to be Mike and um, Wardy yeah right. but obviously Obviously, that's why he had the free header at the back post because, right. unfortunately, Manners was, was, from what he said, pushed to the floor. Right. Well, that's another but, one to look back on. But I mean, the good thing is you've got another chance in the other league cup, in the other final, haven't you? So yeah, we have. <laughs> we have. There's nothing. Do you know what I mean? You couldn't have asked for anything, anything more, really. It's a, you want to get revenge, don't you? You want to get revenge. And what better place to get it, and, <laughs> and, and what better team to play against than the, the team that beat you in the previous? Exactly. The previous final, and it'd be quite nice. They've took our title, and fair play to them. So we're going to go down there and hopefully do the same to them. Your Cornish So look out, Falmouth Town in the League Cup final. Soldasha coming after you.
In contrast to Sotash's skipper, here's Falmouth's captain Joe Cooper. And bearing in mind two days had passed when I spoke to him for this interview, the buzz of winning the county's version of the FA Cup was still with him. Have you got over the excitement of Monday yet? Not quite. It's, it's, it still feels a little bit uh, surreal at the moment. Um, <laughs> even to get to the final mate was unreal and to win it is unbelievable. Really that good. It wasn't the best of starts uh, in the game on Monday, was it? Uh, but uh, what did you think when you went behind after just three minutes? Oh, well, to be fair, it was a, a mistake that I've never seen Wardy do. Wardy doesn't make mistakes like that. He's been unreal for us this year. Um, but I know the spirit we got in the team and every single one of us, our heads didn't go down. Um, and we knew we could score goals. So, uh, yeah, it was after three minutes, no one's really too worried about it, are they? Um, and as you said, we know we can score goals and we pushed on. And uh, you did score a goal and, and it was you that scored it. What an equaliser. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I've never never hit one like that before. Um, it was kind of a close your eyes open for the best situation. <laughs> well, you chose a good time to do it if you've never hit one like that before. I mean, do, have you scored many this, this season or not? Uh, no, I think I've only had... Uh, one or two I think I scored against St. Austell in the semi um, and I think Camelford away I scored as well but no I'm, and usually they're headers <laughs> so to have one on the half volley was uh, pretty nice and pretty sweet feeling Yeah as uh, Green Hooper said uh, you picked the one spot that they didn't have anyone didn't you really I mean, Yeah it, yeah. It was a I corker. remember hitting it I can remember hitting it and as I hit it I could, I could see all their defenders jumping in the air and just not able to reach it <laughs> and to see it say on the top bins was uh, wow what a feeling yeah, I mean the rest of the first half, it, it looked as if you had a game plan and you stuck to it, didn't you? You, you weren't going to let them. You yeah, know, you yeah. were prepared to give up the possession, uh, but you know, in the right areas, you were you were tight and, and kept at it as such. Yeah, definitely. Um, we've got a, a very solid back five. Barnsley and goal was brilliant. Myself and Jay Wardy, and then Blizzy and Moody. Um, so the game plan was to sit back, if you know what I mean, let them have possession and uh, hit them on the counter with all our quick lads we got up front. Um, we've done that most of the season and it usually works for us. Mm. And of course, early in the second half, uh, we saw the yellow or the second yellow card uh, given to, to Richard Madison. Was that a bit of a surprise that you, you, you thought it was a yellow or not? Um, well, when I was there watching it, no, definitely not. Um, as him and I think it was Duffy, they've gone up for a header and he's almost like slam dunked it. Mm. And uh, in my eyes, a blatant handball has always been a yellow card. Um, and I've watched back the commentary that you guys did and the, the highlights. And yeah, I, I thought they both jumped in the air. They both competed. And he's just unfortunately put his hand up in the air and put it to the floor. And I, people might say it was a bit rational from the referee, but just because he's already been booked, um, it almost felt like it's a definite yellow card, isn't it? So, unfortunately, he had to go. Did it change the game? I, um, yeah, because the lad that went off is a quality football player. Um, very good. So, yeah, I think it did probably change the game for the better for us. Yeah. It gave us that little bit more space in midfield. And then Wesley brought on um, some quick subs. And I think we exploited the extra space that was there. Mm. And of course, James Ward, your central defence partner, popped up to uh, to put in the winning goal. And uh, so you, and you what did, header? Well, I was, well, 
yes, it was a good header. I mean, he, he was a little bit unmarked at the far post, but uh, <laughs> but he had to be there, didn't he? So uh... Exactly. And they're easy enough to uh, close your eyes and miss them. Um, I've been in that situation many a time. But yeah, it was uh, when that goal went in in front of the F troop, well, I've uh, I've not been in many games where the atmosphere was like that in front of them just win up to to see that winning goal go in. It was yeah. an unreal feeling. And what about the celebrations? Did you did you uh, celebrate much Monday night or not? Oh yeah. My voice is still a little bit croaky now as you can probably hear. Um we all went back to the club. Uh, a lot of the F troop come back with us and uh yeah, we might have partied a little bit into the night. It was a, a brilliant day and a brilliant night. When you joined Farmouth, I mean how how long have you been at Farmouth now anyway? <laughs> Um, when my, I was, my first ever game was when my daughter was first born. Right. I left my missus and uh, daughter in hospital, <laughs> and I uh, yeah I come and played my first game of Falmouth against um, Plymouth Parkway it was, yeah. and I think that was about five years ago. So uh, my daughter's six this year, so it'll be my sixth year next year. And when you joined, did you realise how big a club Falmouth Town, you know, are? In I, the I always of... knew how big they were. They they've always been a massive club, but. Um, when I was younger, my dad used to bring me down a couple of times to watch them. Um, but they were going for a bit of a hard time. And when I joined, um, I think we had two years there of fighting relegation each year. Um, we had a loyal five or six players there that I think kept us up. Um, but yeah, it was a really tough three, uh, two or three years. So who would, have been ma- who would have been manager at that time then? So I started with Robbie Stevens and Les. Right, yeah. And then um, John Dent took over. Right. And then after John Dent, it was Wayne Hughes. And then after Wayne Hughes, it was Wesley. So, yeah, I've seen quite a few come and go. Right. Um, <laughs> but I bet you never expected five years later to be skipper of the side that won the Cornwall Senior Cup, did you? Oh, never. No. When I first joined, I thought how lucky I was just to be in the team playing, well, just to be in the Falmouth team, let alone skipper them, because I was never skipper when it first started. Yeah. Um, and to say I played in a senior cup final and won it and lifted the trophy, I can, uh, something I can tell my grandkids when I get older. That's right, yes. Uh, remember it forever. Uh, it will be a day I will never forget. Special occasion. Now it's the case, though, of the second final that uh, Falmouth are, are in. Uh, and, of course, it's against the same opposition. I mean, they'll be out to get revenge, won't they? Oh, massively. And the thing is, Saltouts are on a bad side. They are a very, very good side. Um, their strikers, I'd probably put them up there as two of the best strikers in the league. Um, they've got a solid back three or four, wherever they play. And they're very good tactically in midfield. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a, another very tricky game. But we'll go out there and do what we do each week and uh, see what happens. And so you won the League Cup last season, you've won the Cornwall Senior Cup this season, which was the better? Uh, I'm going to say the Senior Cup. It's something I've always dreamed of winning, dreamed of playing in the final, let alone winning it. Um, and it's the massive cup in Cornwall, isn't it? It's a big one. Um, that That's huge, yeah. And of course, I forgot to mention, you were a man of the match as well. <laughs> I was indeed. <laughs> wow, I don't know which one picked me there. <laughs> was it Easter or Christmas? I mean, it is, you know, you've got everything. <laughs> exactly. I've literally gone up there and they just chucked everything at me. I was like, oh. <laughs> I didn't expect to uh, to receive that. I thought um, Tim Nixon was outstanding on the day. I thought Wardy was very, very good. Barnsley made some unbelievable saves. So I've come myself very privileged to uh, to have collected that as well. 
So was that a bit of a surprise? Did you not expect to be no, in with no, a show? No, definitely not. not. I've always, uh, I'm always my biggest critic. And uh, I think second half there, I headed a ball. I tried clearing it and I've headed it straight to their striker, Sam Hughes. Um, and little things like that, I could get in my head and I'm, I could have done better there, could have done this better. So yeah, I was always thinking about the bad things I did and possibly not the good things I did. Yeah. And as being skipper, I mean, are Farmer Town, are the lads an easy team to be captain of or is, oh, have you got to be cheering yeah. them up all the time or what? Well, no, we're all a bunch of 15, 16 lads that are very, very good friends and very close and no, they don't take a lot of June up. And if they do, we've got James Miller, who is Mr. Motivator, and he can motivate a stone. So uh, when it gets going, we've got him. Mr. Motivator, right, OK. So, <laughs> I mean, you, you've got... It, it, it looks a happy bunch. You've got three guys there in charge of you, uh, James, uh, Charlie and Westy. They all seem to be part of the gang, don't they, as such? Oh, massively. And they've all got massive roles to play within the team. Um, Westy is Mr. Falmouth out and out. He absolutely loves Falmouth and the, the things he does behind the scenes for the lads, for the club is, no one will ever see it, but it's unreal. Um, you've got Charlie who is Mr. Tactician and what he doesn't know isn't worth knowing. And then, as I said, you've got Miller who is an out and out motivator and he would get everyone up for every single game. And there's a man who's been there and done it all, all three of them. So it's pretty good. Yeah. But the one thing you can say, though, Joe, that they haven't done, I don't think, is that you've actually won the Cornwall Senior Cup. I have indeed. And I uh, sent a text out to a couple of lads today saying, just remember, lads, we are Senior Cup winners. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, great stuff, Joe. Well done and uh, congratulations. Thank you so much, Dave. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast. What a day it must have been for Joe, mustn't it? Scoring the vital quick equaliser, then it's Falmouth Town skipper lifting the Cornwall Senior Cup. But not before he'd walked up to receive the man of the match. Certainly, as he said, a day to remember forever and tell your grandchildren about. Before we focus on another cup final coming up on Sunday, just a quick congratulations to Lugan RBL, who won the LWC Drinks Combination League Cup last Sunday with a 2-1 victory over the holders today. We previewed the match, of course, and the winning goal came from skipper Steve Abbott-Smith, who we had on the episode last week. Now, so they may have lost out on the cup, but they're still in the hunt for the league title, even though they come into this Saturday's games in fifth place. They have a tasty-looking home match against another team with Championship hopes in Ives Town, but for the current leaders Penryn Athletic this Saturday, all they can do is sit and watch and see how things unfold. Penryn have only got two games left to play, and while they have the points, the chasing pack have the games in hand. Here's their manager, Harry Pope, speaking to Cam Weldon for the Friday Fix podcast after Penryn's 7-1 midweek win over St Just, and he gives his thoughts on the game as well as the title race. So, Harry Pope, um, just seen your team uh, beat St Just 7-1. Got to be delighted with that one, haven't you? Yeah, good performance. I thought we played really well from start to finish tonight. Obviously, uh, with Reevy getting four goals as well, and that is his now his 200th goal for Penryn. So, proud of him. Great performance. Quality three points. How valuable um, is he for you guys? Because obviously before tonight it was 36 league goals and up to 40 now. Is 
uh, fine feet for any level. So um, you've got to be delighted with him. Yeah, I've said it before. It's not just his goals that's so important for our team. It's what he, his work rate off the ball as well. I mean, he, he runs the channels all, day, all game, all day long, covers every blade of grass, and obviously comes up with the important goals. So not just his goals that are, make, are so important for our team, but he's a, he's a massive part of the way we play. Well, um, how confident are you going into the last couple of games of the season? I've 7-1 tonight, and obviously two games left, both away from home. Yeah. Um, well, confident going into the games, but in terms of the league title, obviously it's not in our hands. It's in Perrinport's hands. But my, our message to the boys has just been just turn up and keep doing what we can do, put as much pressure on them as we can. If we keep winning, that means they've got to win all of their games to win the league, and that's basically our target at the minute. And if we win our games and they slip up, we're obviously there to take over. I was going to ask you about that. Um, can you see um, Perrin slipping off at all? Well, I went to watch him on Saturday against Perrin Well, and it was a bit tight, but uh, I don't know. You know, if I was a gambling man, I'd say they'd go on and win it, but. Obviously, we're going to do all we can to try and stop them, mate. <laughs> and obviously, you go on to Wendron now. Yep. Um, you confident you're going to get a good result there? Yeah, we'll go there confident because, like I said, all the boys in there know that the tight race isn't over yet. We've just got to keep doing what we're doing. Go to Wendron, try and get the three points, and hopefully Perrin pulls slip up. But, again, we can't control what Perrin do. All we can do is control what we do. We're going to try and go out and win. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast. The points position at the top of the combo is Penryn on 79, then Perrin Porsche 75. St. Ives on 71 with Helston, and then, as I said just now, Sedan in 5th with 70 points. Talking of Helston there, they had a supplementary cup quarter-final on Tuesday, I see, which they won 4-2 after extra time against St. Agnes. The goals coming from Fraser Patterson, two from Jamie Thompson, and surely I don't have to tell you who also got one. None other than a man we mention on here on a regular basis. Yes, correct, Charlie Young. Back of the net. Helston now play Redriff United in the semi-final, but not as originally fixtured this coming Sunday. It's now on a date to be arranged. The winners of that one will eventually play either Farmer Town or Perrinwell. Right then, let's bring you the other cup final I mentioned earlier, and that's the RM Graphic Design League Cup, which takes place on Sunday at St Blasey with 3pm kickoff and is between the current Mortgage Advice Bureau East Cornwall Premier League leader Sinostal and fifth-placed Callington Town. Now, St Austin might be the pre-match favourites, but the two league results between them suggests it might be a closer affair than some think. This was something I put to Callington's manager, Lee Mann. We lost the home 2-1. Um, should have been one each, but um, referee owned up to giving a penalty decision the wrong way, which which I sort of commend is honesty, but <laughs> we take that on the chin, and then we drew 0-0 with... I because uh, I do an, uh, over and under 18s as well. I had seven when we went down there. I had seven lads at se- under 17s um, got gone down there and played, and we got a nil-nil draw with no top goal score either. So yeah. as you imagine, the nil-nil draw was a good good result for for what we took down there. If yeah. I'm honest, um, happy. But yeah, look at, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, um, and opposite, look at the table. Don't lie. They've been most consistent and and. Um, they're the best football inside we've played by by a million miles. Um, and they, like you said, they do it the right way. The first team's a first team, the second team's a second team. They may help out every so often. Mm. But um, the only heavy defeat we've had this year is the uh, 10-1 drumming against Tavi. They, uh, yeah, I won't go there. They have <laughs> eight or nine in. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always a debate though, isn't it? This first and second team, you're the, you're in the club... So you should yeah. surely you should be able to play for either side, yeah. but yeah, I, I I get that to a certain extent. Um, but uh, the the other the other thing with me is 
if you're running a football side, you've got to be asking questions. If if every every midweek game you've got eight or nine players missing, and that means you have to field some first teams in. I get it's a colour thing, and mm. both sides want to do well, but you just got to think of, like I said, uh, when we played Tavi the week before, one of my under 18s who played for them because I I know the two managers very well, mm. and it's a it was a bit of a grudge match if I'm honest. That's why it's probably done. But the, I had a, one of my under 18s got my match on the Saturday for him. He then was sat on the bench on the Tuesday um, and got 10 minutes. And the reason why is because apparently they have to give the first team players run outs, which I always stay loyal to my players. And that's sort of why I try and keep the side, the, the, the same side every week, mm. if, unless I've got injuries and stuff, which we've had quite a few of this year. Right. Um, but yeah, I always try and stay loyal to my lads and say to the first team, if you're going to come and drop down, you're starting on the bench first because my lads are the ones that are going to be here next week and the week after, you know? Right, okay. What does the first team manager say about that, though? Uh, first team manager, they've had a bit of a difficult season this year um, with Rod and Kev leaving and Chids coming in. I, I know, I've known Chids for years, mm. so he's he looks at the same as me. Um, if I'm giving, if I've got my side, he wouldn't unless he's got someone coming back from injury, which then he doesn't expect them to start. He isn't too bothered about first teamers playing week in week out because I always believe people working and stuff as well. And then playing on a Tuesday for the seconds, for, or, or Friday night on, and then Tuesday again for the first team, or something like that. It's this two. The pitches, pitches are in good shape, but it's about sort of how quick the game is now and wear and tear on the body. And I give up football when I was 22 because I played Saturday and Sunday for for years, and it ended up taking its toll. So I believe in a little bit of rest as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, my so my side, I've had f- probably 10 or 11 of my lads that have stepped up and play for the first team. And that's what I think it's more about, people developing and playing at a better standard than, than players dropping down unless they need it sort of thing, you know? Mm. Um, unless, the, unless the first team haven't had a game for three or four weeks. That's the other thing as well. If the first team haven't got had a game for three or four weeks and they need people to be a, have a run out, then then I can see the see the reasons in that. But obviously, like I said, it's, it's a debate and it'll always go on because... <laughs> every um, season, because, every season it's, it's yeah. debated. Well, and then on the flip side of that, we played Torpoint the other night um, and I had a few missing but I had some youngsters on there and we beat the point four nil and I got blamed for sitting parking the bus and counter-attacking <laughs> um, and they had eight or nine because they wanted to get a couple of people in for games for the uh, cup court semi-final or something because they had players missing there or something so yeah it, it swings in roundabouts mate it just swings in roundabouts yeah. I don't mind and like I said to my lads the 10-1 win 10-1 loss to us was there's seven or eight lads at 17 that have never played at that standard, never played against players like that, and it's a learning curve for them. Mm. And that's that's the way. I'm not bitter about it at all. Um, it's about sort of development, and they'll develop better playing against better players. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's my take on it. Um, okay. Well, let's let's look ahead to Sunday in the League Cup final. I mean, you come into the game. Uh, having a little bit of a rest uh, in the sense that you played last Saturday but you don't play until until uh, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Um, and a great run of form three wins and, and no goals to, uh, conceded by the yeah. things so yeah I'm shocked at that as well <laughs> I really am shocked at that but like I said it's a credit to the lads like I said we've been working all season on, on trying to be hard to beat and then trying to score as many goals as we can um, and as you can imagine when you try and tell a 17, 18 year old lad right I want you to be in this position when we haven't got the ball. It's sort of, it's new to them, so it does take its time. Um, And the side's grown and grown, really. And, um, yeah, that's, 
I'll always, because I, I was a centre-half myself, I'll always set up a team hard to beat, and it, the last three games it's paid off. Mm. Um, hopefully, it carries on into the semi-final, or into the final, sorry. Yeah. Um, but with with centre-also going forward, they are very good. So, um, yeah, I'm not expecting a nil-nil penalty game anyway. Um, <laughs> but you, yeah. you've sounds as if you've got a game plan in mind. I'm not going to obviously oh, yeah. ask yeah, you definitely. what it is, but... Um, but you, you've got a plan in mind, and uh, that's how you're going to line up. To... Well, like I said, it's been to be honest with you, we we've we've just sent also a very good going forward. So putting a team that are very good going forward um, on the back foot, that's what we worked on last time. And obviously nil nil, we didn't have a striker. So we, last time we played them, we didn't have a striker. We have got our top goal scorer back for. He's been out in and out. He's, I think he's played ten games, eleven games, and scored twenty four, twenty five. Who's that? But he's had knee the bad knee and stuff like that so he is back and he's rested he's had about three or four weeks off so that could either work or it could be he's not fit and uh and it could blow after 10 minutes 20 minutes but we will be going in it's a cup final at the end of the day so i won't be going in and, and sitting off i'll be going in and getting attacking the same as they'll come out and attack um because like i said it's a cup final and you've got to take your chances haven't you yeah that's right <laughs> who's your top goal scorer that you're talking about uh max white max white max white right okay so and and as a whole, how's the football club at Callington doing? You know, is it uh, prospering or is it struggling? Or how would <laughs> well, you say? Well, uh, I'm I'm because I'm I'm between two clubs. I'm on my Elbert as well, under 18s. But mm-hmm. I've I'm my under 18s finished this year. That's why I've got so many youngsters in the side. So my focus this year is building the link between the Colts and and the men's teams, which I have, um, and then speaking to the college and trying to get them all in one area because at the moment the Colts are all over the place. We've got no link, um, but the committee has completely changed. It's it's, it's a transition period and uh, Sam Borthwick, myself, Adam Adam, um, Chidjoy, um, Adam McPherson as well, Flett, Steve Blatchford, we're all thinking in the right direction now. How can we bring this club forward? Um, Because Callington... Are are punching above the like an East Cornwall Premier side and a South um, a Southwest Peninsula side, mm. so it it is hard to try and field, especially with the teams around them. So actually, have done very well this year, and unlucky on, on and, and like I said, Liscard that have got done really well this year, and it always the league they're in, it always comes down to as well money. Um, and, it's, and like I said to them, until you can get a group of loyal lads that play for the club, like Dan Jeffries who's retiring this year, um, if we can get that back. Then and not make it about money, um, and we'll basically envy. We envy sort of St. Austell. St. Austell, club club to say, like I said, they got all local lads, um, mostly local lads, but they they they're all one club, um, and that's what we're trying to, trying to make, um, we're trying to do um, to try and bring it forward. It is hard. It is hard because, like you said, there's so much. I do a 50, 60 hour a week and then do about 40 hours at football coaching and stuff like that as well and and behind the scenes as well. So it, it's a lot of effort, but we've got, I think we've got the right people on board now. There's a couple of new people joining the committee and stuff. And, and yeah, we, we will say it hasn't shown this year because of the first team not doing so well. I took the second team on two weeks before the season started. Um, and managed now, I think we're sat fifth in the league and in a cup final for the first season. So them group of lads I've got, going to be helping the first team next year and I'll, and I'll look to bring in youngsters and feed them through hopefully local lads this year because I haven't because I've come in late last year I couldn't build a relationship with the local lads but hopefully this year I'm going to be putting it out to everyone around the local place um, to try and bring in local lads because I'm better with local lads than the, the final product if, I, if that makes sense 
Okay, well, it sounds um, as if you've got a, 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 a route set out there as to yeah, how, yeah. You're, how you're going and, and the club itself uh, as well. So it's good to hear. Yeah. And, and all the best for Sunday then. Thank you very much. Your Cornish Soccer So that was Callington's Lee. Here's St. Austell's Mark Smith again, who I spoke to on Tuesday ahead of the Millbrook League match on the next day, the Wednesday. And so it was very much one match at a time for the Lily White's manager. Yeah, and and to be honest, um, I kind of had this answer prepared for you. Really, is, is that <laughs> I'm not thinking too much about Sunday at the moment. Um, to use use a couple of cliches, that uh, we we really have to take it one game at a time at the moment. Given that we we pretty much have to win all three of our league games to make sure that we we win the league. Um, I don't see Saltash slipping up in their last three games. They've got Weybridge twice and Lou, I think. So mm-hmm. uh, they should pick up maximum points there. So um, yeah, it. it for, for me, for the minute, it's very much my focus on, on tomorrow. Now, obviously, I thought about Sunday and have, have done since we, since we won in the semi-final, but I think the, the complexion of Sunday's game would change if, if we didn't get the result that we wanted tomorrow night. So, um, yeah, it, it, again, another cliche that, that I'll use is that it's literally every game is, is a cup final for us anyway at the moment. Um, and, and it has been for a, for a little period of time, given that Saltash have have kept up their form since we actually beat them and, and went above them. So it's been um, it's been very much just taking it one one game at a time and trying to make sure that we we stay on top of the league and, and as you said try and stay in the hunt for for a double, which would be nice. But mm. um, yeah, look, looking forward to Sunday obviously because it'll be a great occasion. And, and actually, you know, you've mentioned the senior cup final. I went with a couple of our lads yesterday and and they kind of walked away going, yeah, we're really looking forward to Sunday now, given that they've been to a final and seen you know everything that goes with it and. Hopefully, we'll take a, a similar amount of support to um, to what Falmouth and, and Saltash did, given that our first team won't be playing obviously on Sunday. So, you know, the following that usually comes and watches them, which is most games of around 200. Hopefully, a majority of them will, will head down as well. Mm. Obviously, given that it's local as as well, and um, just down the road at St Blasey is, is convenient in that sense as well. And the pitch at St Blasey looking pretty good these days. Yeah, do you know what? Um, it, it keeps coming up on Twitter, doesn't it? And um, you know, a lot of our, our lads have been quite envious of that. But um, I, I think is it Paul Paul Bowden yeah. who, who does the pitch down there um, he's, has done a great job. And yeah, you know, looking at those those photos, really excited by the prospect of playing on that. And uh, it will certainly suit our style of play, which is to get it down and and knock it through the thirds and and, um, and keep the ball on the ground. So that will certainly help us. I, I think there's a bit of bad weather coming in for the rest of the week now, which may actually help it a little bit to give it a bit of moisture and a bit of zip and then hopefully it's nice and dry on Sunday and, and gives us a good surface to play on. So yeah, definitely looking forward to, to playing down there and it's a ground where um, we, we've been quite successful as well as a, as a side. Um, I think we won there 13-0 last year so <laughs> I'm pretty sure it won't be as convincing as that down there but it's just nice to go somewhere where we where we know and we, we, we understand um, you know, the contours and, and how, the, how the pitch works down there. So yeah, pleased with with the fact that it's lazy, definitely. Yeah, but uh, Callington, the opposition, have actually run you pretty close on on the two league games this season, haven't they? Yeah, so had a, had a really good game up there. Um, it was two one to us. We played really well. They 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 pulled one back late on, but we we I thought we played really well that day and, and got a decent result. Um, and at home we played them. It was a bit of a cagey nil nil. It was a bit of a Christmas hangover that one. I think it was the twenty eighth or twenty ninth. Um, so there were a few sort of 
tired legs for, for both sides, really. Um, again, a good, good spectacle could have gone either way, and that was pretty tight. Um, and, and they they've um, they picked up some really good results recently. So we certainly won't be underestimating them on Sunday. I know they beat Tor Point and Polpero in, in the last week, so mm. they, they definitely have the um, have the capability to cause a few problems. But uh, again, Wednesday's result will will dictate how confident um, I am and the boys are going into Sunday. But we're in a very, very good place at the moment. We, since, since I've um, come back from, from Portugal, we've uh, we've won all six games, scoring 29 and conceding just two. So uh, we, we couldn't really be in better form, providing that we we, we get a result tomorrow night. So um, confident, but definitely um, you know wary of, of Tallington, the threat they pose, and um, they've obviously picked up some, some decent results recently. So won't be um, taking them for granted, that's for sure. No. And final question. Uh, it- and we go back to the league uh, situation. You're in quite a quite a good position in the sense that you, after uh, your league game against Millbrook, um, I think I'm right in saying that Saltash complete their program, don't they? Before you next, uh, that before you play your you know next to last game as such. So, you, so you're going to pretty much oh, know I, I what did, you've got to do, I think. Oh, okay. I, I didn't even realise that. Um, but to, to be to be honest with you, anyway, as I said. But it's two tricky way. games, isn't it? I mean, you, you've got Torport oh, yeah, and Polpero. Yeah. You couldn't really have two more difficult games, could you? No, absolutely. And, um, you know, what I'm hoping is that, um, you know, we'll carry a bit of momentum from Sunday uh, into that Torpoint game next Wednesday. Um, but, again, you know, our, our target is very much just to win those remaining four games, including the Cup final, and not rely on anything going on with Saltas because... You know, again, they they're, they're playing Weybridge twice and and Lou, who are who are bottom and second bottom, I believe. So their tough game was on Saturday against Tavistock, which they grabbed a last minute winner. So that was a bit of a um, bit beating. But you know, they they've got picked up a great result, and it's 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 just nice to have it in our hands. To be honest with you, Dave, because we we lost to Plinstock just after Christmas, I think, sort of February time, and at that point, I think we were seven points behind. So at that point, we're, we're kind of almost ruling ourselves out of, of winning the league so to get back into a position where we're two points clear um, it's, it's brilliant and, and again credit to the boys who've, who've really turned it around since that result and um, won every league game since and in particular that, that result turning over Saltash having been 1-0 down at half time was pretty crucial to get us back into this position so yeah as, as much as um, they might be, be, be finished before us it doesn't change what, what we're expecting we need to do anyway so um, yeah, it'll be it'll be the same um, preparation for that, regardless. Okay, well, thanks for that, Mark. And uh, no problem, Dave. And uh, let's wait and see how it goes. Your Cornish Get along if you can. Sunday, St Austell versus Callington in the East Cornwall Premier League Cup Final, sponsored by RM Graphic Design, and at St Blasey with a three o'clock kickoff. Now then, we've featured the National League South, the Cornwall Combination, the East Cornwall Premier, the Cornwall Senior Cup. And so next up must surely be the South West Peninsula League. And it's our weekly catch up with Secretary Phil Hiscox. So the first champions have been sorted then, Phil. Yes, yes. My cupboards have finally got a little bit of room in them. I've got rid of the first trophy and set of medals, which is nice to say. And you were there to uh, present it along with the chairman? Yes, yeah, Chairman Steve Ware and uh, Vice Chairman Mike Pett uh, were both there at um, at Dobbles last night. That's good. And Liscard, worthy champions, would you say? They they were leading oh. the table for well, a lot of the season. Pretty well, 
pretty well top all season. I mean, it, it was only the one defeat as well. So that I know they've still got one game left, which doesn't mean very much. But uh, you know, they're going to be pretty well close to sort of uh, you know fewest defeats in a season for the West Division. So that, you know, definitely worthy champions. Mm. Okay, well, let's look at the other two divisions. Perhaps uh, uh, let's start with the Division One East, and yep. uh, that's still a little bit more. Well. Uh, possibly a game more to, to for us to wait. Yes, until... I, I went to Stoke Abel on Monday because there was a possibility that was their last home game against Ilfracombe. Um, there was a possibility they could have won it on Monday, but they were relying on, on a result elsewhere. Uh, Stoke got their result, but the result elsewhere didn't go for them. Um, I feel slightly sorry for them in that they might, because they're not playing this coming Saturday, mm. they might actually be crowned champions on Saturday without kicking a ball, which I, I always think is a little, little not, no, yeah, not the right way to win it, um, because Bobby Tracy are playing Elmore on Saturday, and if Bobby Tracy don't win, then Stoke will get across the line without actually having a game. Mm. So we need Bobby um, Tracy to win that one then, don't we? But it's, yeah, it's, that would mean... That would then mean on the last Saturday that at least Stoke Gabriel would take the field in their last game at Sidmouth, knowing they need a point in their own hands, like a bit like Liscard last night, that they would go into the game knowing that well, a draw gets them over the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, that's not but going to be easy there. for Bob, is it? They've got Elmore. I mean, they're not no. Um... No, no. I mean, it's, it, it is. A, I could see the fixture, you know, that being one where where they possibly could drop a point um, and of course also Bobby Tracy have got the added uh, sort of uh, I can't say complication that's probably not the right word but they've got the added thing of being in the Devon Premier Cup final next midweek mm-hmm. uh, and of course sometimes as, as Good Friday's results showed sometimes the league result before a cup final can be very odd yeah okay what about the Premier then that's going to go all the way isn't it oh, I can still see a twist or a turn on Saturday yeah I still can. I, I just the helicopter is going to be going to uh, and fro. My treasurer tells me I'm not having a helicopter. Oh, but, right. but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, years of experience of doing it. You, you've got to take the trophy to the place where it's in their own hands. So the trophy, uh, yeah, will be going to, to Coach Road for Argyle Reserves versus Tavistock. But I'm still not convinced. Uh, I, it's a very difficult fixture to go into on the last day of the season having to win isn't it it's, mm. you know, Argyle have confirmed this week haven't they that they, they will finish third Yes. so other than playing Exmouth themselves that Tavistock couldn't really have a harder fixture to finish it all depends what Argyle will put out doesn't it so, yeah I mean obviously Argyle's first team are playing so yeah. it's, it's not going to be a super strong Argyle team but I've seen Argyle's youngsters uh, I certainly remember seeing them against St Austell this season uh, they looked on paper a very young inexperienced Argyle team and they, they, they really put St Austell to the sword uh, I think sometimes the problem with the youngsters is they don't read the script do they they, they just <laughs> no, that's true. get the ball and see the goal and yeah yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on. Restructuring. Is there anything this week? No, I don't think there is. Is there? That Not really. To... No. No. I mean, lots of moans and groans about the draft list. Although I have to say, I think thirty-nine of the forty were happy. So <laughs> somebody in the FA did tell me that was quite quite a good percentage. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's still a draft list um, because there are things are happening on Saturday aren't there that will be interesting to see in other leagues you know you've got the situation where Parkway could win um, the Western League on Saturday Willand 
it's in their hands to, to win the Western League on Saturday. It's possible that Willander Parkway will be the top two after you know, if the results go the right way on Saturday. Um, do the FA promote both of those? Um, which certainly makes it a lot easier for, for Tavistock and Exmouth to go up. But on the other hand, it means that Tavistock and Exmouth will go up into leagues where there aren't so many local derbies. <laughs> yeah. So at the moment, um, if things were to remain as they are now, Tavistock would go up as champions. Yes. But when do we know whether Exmouth Town well, will go up? Well, with, I understand there's a meeting at Wembley next week. Um, because obviously at that, after Saturday's results, they will, will not only the nine, know the 19 champions, but they'll also know the 19 runners-up and their points per game because right. uh, all Step 5 and 6 leagues have to finish this Saturday. Ah, I see. It's right. not just us. It's uh, yeah. all, all, you know, the Western Across League, the Western the League. They're yeah. all, yeah. So uh, next week, the FA will be in a position to, to sort of look at that, and I, I guess they'll start sort of confirming... Or you know, partic- well, they will presumably tell the champions that they're going up and wait and see if, if any of the champions come back and, and moan about that, um, and then presumably the, the sort of contacting the runners up in that points per game order. But but one thing I would say is whether the runners up is Tavistock or Exmouth, their points per game is very healthy com- compared to other teams in second. Right. Okay. So that, that there's no issue about you know them dropping out of the top nine on on Saturday. They're, they're, they're both comfortably you know, high in that in in that that group. Right, and could could um, well could both of them actually still turn around and say sorry, I don't want to go up. I suppose they could. I, I certainly don't don't expect that to happen. Right. Um, but yeah, potentially it could. I, and of course, the other thing is that, that, that you know in other leagues that could happen as well. Um, it, it's odd, isn't it? It's a, you, one interesting thing is streets withdrawal from the, the Southern League. I, I've heard or seen in the local press and social media that Barnstable are clinging on to the fact that Street have pulled out to reprieve them from relegation, <laughs> which is a possibility. Uh, but I've also seen in the local press and social media that people like Plymouth Park, where he might finish second, saying that Street's withdrawal is an extra promotion place and they can go up. Right. Of course, Street's withdrawal can't, can't suit them both, can it? No, true. <laughs> be easier if everyone just went up and down as they should do shouldn't it as they should yes. <laughs> I think that's really what the FA are trying to get to but it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And, and I mean yeah. for any club that doesn't like the idea of going up they shouldn't be in the FA affiliated sort of setup, should they I, I suppose I mean, the interesting thing was, was Andover last season, wasn't it, that, that they won the Wessex League and should, therefore should have been promoted to the Southern League and they said, no, we're not. Uh, and uh, it's hard to criticise the FA, who, who basically said, well, if you're not going up, you must go down. Mm. Um, and it is hard to criticise that decision, really. Mm. That's right. Um, because generally speaking, if, if you've got a team that can win the league, you, you've got, I mean, even at our level with Liscard there, you can, you can see the support comes out, the feel-good factor comes in, doesn't it? Because yes. you're champions, because you're doing well. If you're not in a position to take promotion when you're riding that sort of crest of a wave, then you, you never will be in a position to take promotion. No, true. OK. Well, a lot of football's been played since we last spoke, and yes. um, I just have to pick up, or not pick up, but just uh, ask you about one incident the, from Good Friday... Yeah. The Millbrook tour point match. Now, what's all this about there being more than the required players on the pitch? Yes. I mean, I, I was made aware sort of by texts and, and social media comments on, on Good Friday lunchtime that apparently uh, 
Torpoint had made a substitution onto the pitch and a player hadn't left the pitch uh, and uh, for up to eight minutes. So that, that was the timing I was given, but not that, obviously that's not the referee's timing. Um, that they might have actually had 12 players on the pitch. Uh, Ever heard of this happening before? No, no, and uh, um, of course my my alarm bell started singing because with three officials in a Premier Division game, my first question was, how on earth did that happen? Surely, yes. if you know you, you go on to the pitch, well, somebody else comes off the pitch. Yeah, because they they, it, they it make shouldn't. a bit of a meal about going to the halfway line, don't they? And, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, so obviously, I was out a lot on Good Friday, but I, I did contact the, the referee over the Easter weekend. Um, <laughs> To, to first of all establish that indeed it had happened, that it wasn't just you know gossip and rumour, but but also to then get an explanation as to how it had happened. <laughs> um, and I'm just frantically trying to find the referee's report. Here we are, got it. Um, so I can not misquote him as such. Um, uh, the referee says the away side had made the substitution, and uh, substitute procedure had been completed, and he restarted the match. He was subsequently told by players and management the away side had actually been playing 12 with outfield players for a number of minutes. He, he doesn't sort of specify the eight. He yeah. says a number of minutes. There were no adverse incidents during this time. And the game continued. Uh, and he, without, without sort of naming names, basically blames the, the, the assistant referee. Mm. He had made an honest mistake and was very apologetic. And because so, and because the game doesn't affect relegation or promotion. No, or, I, I mean it, it, this... it, it, it's embarrassing yeah. for all rather than than critical for anybody, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I suppose also it does help with the fact that, that I think you know all parties have agreed that there were no goals scored during that period either. Yeah. That would have been interesting, wouldn't it, if Torport had scored? Well, yes, that would have <laughs> put a different custom. <laughs> On it. Um, I mean, and would, it, course, would it have had to be replayed or what? I, I suppose if we were talking sort of a, a, a championship game or a relegation game or something, you know, something with it on it, then, then certainly you probably would have to. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, the, the rules for it's the same with like abandonments and things is where it, where no injustice is done, a result can be counted with less than ninety minutes played. Of course, it's, it's a very difficult to know where an injustice is but of course as you get later and later into the season and the league table is more set in stone it's a little bit easier to say well you know the result doesn't matter that much mm, that's true um, oh well no, no, no harm done as they say so um... well no no another, <laughs> another one to put down for experience we, we, we've got to see all these things haven't we yeah. and hopefully the referee will uh, <laughs> will have learnt from it as well and the assistant referees and the assistant uh, yes yeah, yes. Right. Um, I mean, the only thing I can say from the referee's report is, is this sort of dispute about whether it was eight minutes I, I, the referee doesn't know how long it happened for so, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how long it went on for okay. alright well I don't need to ask you where you're going to be this Saturday do I you've already told uh, us no it's uh, Tavistock versus, or Argyle versus Tavistock on Saturday um I suppose, be, being a bit cynical, I, I can take the Championship Cup and the Runners-Up Cup because Tavistock <laughs> will get one of them. That's but true. They, they may not want one of them, but but I, I can certainly get rid of one of them there. Um, and there are arrangements uh, being put in place uh, 
for Exmouth, who are apparently going by coach to Bodmin, um, they will be met on the A30 with, with whichever trophy they've got on their way back. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not quite a helicopter, but uh, I've got a vice chairman that, that sort of lives in North Devon and has to dissect the A30, so uh, I'm not sure whether it will be Penny Gillam. That's probably the, the, the favourite, is to, to meet a Penny Gillam's car list launched in there. And... Uh, and give XMAG whatever they've got come five o'clock. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast. As we mentioned there, Liscard Athletic have wrapped up the Peninsula League Division 1 West, and so it's only right and proper we hear from them. They beat Dobbles 3-0 on Wednesday evening, and I spoke to Richard Woods of the Blues the day after. Congratulations, Division 1 West champions with a game to spare. Yeah, lovely. Thank you very much. I bet you're... uh, Well... You've been practically up there all season, haven't you? But no doubt you were happy to get yeah. uh, last night over with. Yeah, to, to be honest, yeah, we've only lost one game this season, so we was always going to be in amongst the mix. Um, we won quite off it last year, but it was just a number of games caught up on us in the end. We don't have a particularly large squad, so it took its toll on us. And players we do have to bring in, we take from the second and third. So we're not a club that can go out and get players from higher leagues and bring in and pay money because we don't have that sort of money. But So, really, really good. Really chuck of them. Boys deserve it. It's been a long battle over probably four or five seasons that I've been here. But um, we've got all local players now. Most of them go to that school in Liscard or come from that school. So, really chuck for the boys. Knew they could develop. Um, knew they would get there in the end. It was just a matter of how many years it was going to take for them to be success- successful. And they've, they've done it this year and I couldn't be proud of them. So it, it's been really a building process over a number of years by the sounds of oh, it. Yeah, yeah. I come in and they were in that uh, the top league. They were bottom of the league at the time. And they got rid of the manager, asked me to take it on. I said, you know, I'm only to be coaching. Uh, Martin McHugh came in from the second team manager, asked me to help him. I'd done that. Um, and we got relegated from that top league. We moved all the second team up to the first team, rebuilt the second team, um, and said, right, it's a five-year project here. Let's see if we can get this all local and see what we can do. Um, we believed in the, the talent that was there. It was just developing them. Um, Martin stepped down because of um, work commitment. I got Martin Hodge in. Um, and said, look, you need to get this man in, otherwise I'm not going to be carrying on because I don't know enough people. Brought him in, he brought some players in who he knew, um, and we've just gone from strength to strength. And the boys have listened, they took it all on board, they play some lovely football at times. Um, and yeah, they they really had people knocking them a little bit, maybe on the sidelines, because we play a lot of football from the goalkeeper out to feet and they think we should just be kicking the ball upfield. Um, they've stuck to them principles, and now they're re- rewards, to be honest. In James Lorenz, you've got some real talent in him, haven't you? Yeah, well, we had him from 15 years old. He came to us at 15 and was training with us um, when he was still at school. Obviously, he's Martin's nephew, so um, we developed him to what he is. He's an exceptional talent. Um, he's still learning. Uh, hopefully he takes that on board that he is still learning and he can only get better. Hopefully he's not what he is now and that's it. Hopefully he can go on from more things and better things if he keeps listening and learning. Um, and I think he's in the right team and around the right players 
to develop him. Um, yes, he's banged in 50 goals this year, but I think he'd be the first to tell you there's certain players in our team that's got him them goals, and without them, he might find it a little bit difficult, but he's an exceptional talent for his age. So hopefully we'll just get better and better as the years go by. Is it easy to keep hold of him? Because I, I gather there's been clubs uh, sniffing after him. <laughs> there's, none of my players are easy to keep hold of. They're all in demand. There's all big money being thrown at them. Um, and I'm talking like hundreds of pounds per game. We pay £10. That is it. That's all me and Martin agreed when we took it on four or five years ago. That hasn't changed. That won't change next year neither. It will only be that. If you want to come to Liscard, you play for the fun of the game and the enjoyment and the right way. You don't play for Liscard for money. Um, so, yes, it will be difficult, but James isn't the only player that they're all sniffing around. So, yeah, me and Martin have got our, our hands sort of uh, behind our back, the fingers crossed, open that they all stick with us. But I don't blame players. That's a lot of money. Um, if you're not earning a lot of money, it bolts your, your wages up. I get that, but at the end of the day, this is a hobby. It's what people forget. We're yeah. not professionals. It's not a living. It's a hobby. Play to enjoy the game first rather than just play for money, I, I believe. But, so, yeah, hopefully, no your question, hopefully we can hang on to it. You mentioned the words fun there and hobby, but, but you and Hodgie seem to go through, well, murder on the touchline, but whenever <laughs> I watch you, it seems hard work. Yeah, it is, because we, we, um, we want so much for them. We believe in them. Um, we get frustrated when things don't go right. Um, maybe Martin more than me. I'm a bit more relaxed than Martin. I like playing out. Martin is a winner. He has been that winning mentality. He likes that winning. And when we get in front, um, I think he likes just to make sure we don't lose it. I, I'm a big thing of entertaining people. Pay £4, put a smile on their face, win, lose or draw. As long as they've been entertained and we've said we've put on a good show. That's what I believe it's about. But I brought Martin in for that reason alone, that he is a winner um, and he will get these boys to win. Um, I'm more for entertaining, maybe. <laughs> so it, it works perfectly between us. Um, we entertain and we know when to hit the ball long and make sure we just see the game out and win it, which over the last two games, Martin's got correct. Yeah. And I don't suppose you've had much time to celebrate yet, have you? Uh, you know, with the evening kickoff on a on a Wednesday evening, uh, what the lads got uh, planned? Uh, it was so late. We we spent uh, an hour at Stubbles. We drank some there. Then we got back up to the club. The boys have had the day off work. A lot of them, most of myself, employed anyway. They work on the building, so um, we went back up to our local Liscar club. We had a few drinks up there, and then they went back down into the town with a cup down to their local pub and. They finished it off down there. I went home because I had work the next morning in the big meeting, so I couldn't go with them. But Saturday we got a bus. We're going to travel down to Wendram. We're going to have a nice, friendly, relaxed day down there. Um, have a few drinks at Wendram, and then we're on a pub crawl all the way back to this garden. <laughs> so it should be real fun. It could be late. And then it all kicks off again in a number of weeks' time. All forgotten about, and you start the season again, didn't you? So a lot of work to be done between now and next season. Yeah, I guess uh, that's one. The, the fact that Liscard had won a league trophy or league champions trophy mm. since 1988. Enjoy it whilst right. you can. I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, it will be. Yeah, we've we've got no great expectations. We want to compete. We're not putting 
we need to be in the top three, we need to win this, we need to win that. But I still believe I can keep these players. I think in another couple of years' time at them levels, a bit more experience, I think then we'd be looking at really pushing if we've got the same nucleus of players. I expect to lose one or two. I think every club does. Um, so we will be looking for one or two to come in, but we won't be looking for any more than 15, 16, 17 in a squad. Mm. It's difficult to keep them all happy. Yeah, um, If that's... you could play just 11 players every week, it'd be easy, but you can't. And players just want to play, and I understand that. And so if you look back on the season, uh, I know you've mm. still got one game left, but, but yeah. what, what's been the real sort of... Uh, the, the moment that you thought, we've got something going here, you know, we can do it. Uh, two or three signings. Um, the boys from we got over from Pennsylvania and um, Rogers, Potty and Dylan uh, made a big difference to our side, which we knew that, and we tried two or three years trying to get them over. Uh, Lyle Johnson we signed on. It's been a massive signing for us, naturally left-footed, which you don't normally find in a team, so he's covered that side of the pitch really well. Um, and they've just grown. They, I think they've been given belief in their ability that you can play football, you can do this, you can do that, go out and do it. I think before it's just been about kicking the ball upfield, squeezing up, winning second balls and going from there. Now let's get it to the keeper. My keeper, in, it's they've all got to play football, so they're like a sweeper more than a keeper sometimes. So if they're comfortable on the ball, that relaxes defenders, they know they can play the ball back to them and receive the ball back again. Um, and that's the philosophy. We won't change even in the top league. We will get beat playing that way. They all know that. But we still try to play that way. So the keeper, last resort is to kick the ball. Even from goal kicks, it's just the last resort to kick it upfield. Try to play it to the right or left back or into the centre and play from there. So, and it entertains. And that's what I believe in. OK, well, I'm a Liscard boy. So uh, well done uh, on uh, winning the trophy, Richard. And... Uh, Congratulations and enjoy Saturday. Thank you very much. Nice to speak to you. Your Cornish So that was Richard Woods, co-manager of Liscon Athletic, who are the SWPL Division 1 champions. And it's not just about money, obviously. Right then, that's it for another week. Although the season is rapidly coming to an end, there's still a few things to be sorted. And of course, on Sunday, the 5th of May, is the Bond Timber Cornwall Junior Cup final. And so more on that in next week's episode. Don't forget, if you want to make sure you don't miss any episodes of the Rapper and Deeks Friday Fix podcast, just subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. Search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football. Click, listen, enjoy. So that's it from me, Dave Deacon. I hope you enjoyed this issue and perhaps let me know how we can approve the Friday Fix. Text me on 07759 or email me, Dave Deacon at CornishSoccer.info. That's phone number 07759502408. Or email me, Dave Deacon at CornishSoccer.info. That's I-N-F-O. That's it. Goodbye from me. I'm gone. Cornish Walker Podcast.